Amen. You know, this week I saw something on one of my friends' status, and he said, if you come to church for three months and you are not changed, you have the right to stop coming. You know, I've said that before, and I'm not going to stop saying it. Consistently for three months, and you don't see any change like, oh, no, I hear the word of God, nothing happens. Stop coming, because it won't be blessing you. Are you with me? We trust God so much and his work and his word that it is transforming. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise. Even today as we hear your word, our hearts are open. Our minds are alert to receive all that you have for us. In the name of Jesus, there's no destruction. There's no confusion. Your word comes in simplicity, accuracy, and understanding and it enlightens our path, and we grow in you. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout a big amen. Amen. Now, I want to talk to you about the wisdom of being led by the Spirit. The wisdom of being led by the Spirit. The wisdom of what? Being led by the Spirit. Life is very complicated. I'm sure you have known that by now. Life is very complicated, and it will take a certain level of wisdom and intelligence to know how to navigate your path in life. Are you with me? You see, God has a plan and a purpose for each and everyone who believes in him. You know, even for those who don't believe God, the fundamental plan of God for their life is that they will be saved. The Bible said that it is the will of God that all men come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so God has a plan even for those that are not saved. How much more those who are saved? And one thing that you have to understand is that God's plan and purposes for our, our lives as, uh, as a result of his love for us. The Bible says, whilst we're yet sinners, God commended his love for us through the death of Jesus Christ. And so if he loved us whilst we're yet sinners, think about it, how much more now that we are his sons. So John said, behold, Behold, what manner of love the Father has lavished on us. He said, now are we the sons of God. So we are children of God. And just as every parent would even have it to be, we have wonderful plans and purposes for our, our children. And the beautiful thing is that even men with our, our weaknesses and our limitations, we have good plans. So think about God Almighty, the Father. He has better plans for our lives. And so if you thought that you had good plans for your life, God has a better one. Do you understand? He said, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans of good and not of evil. And to bring you to a perfect or an expected end. What is an expected end? The expected end is what you yourself, you think of. Now, you look at your life. And then you look at everything that you're doing and then you say, okay, at the end of my life, this is where I want to be. At the end of my course in this life, this is what I want to be known for. So you have a perfect end. There's an estimation of what life should be about for you. Everybody who thinks well of you, everybody who thinks good of you also has an expectation for your life. Do you understand? So just like a parent will have an expectation for their children, I want my child to be good. I want my child to be great. I want my child to have the very best in this life. God has it. And the beautiful thing about God is that he has it exceedingly, 
and abundantly. He said, unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. So what you ask for, what you think for, of God has the capacity to do more than that. So if you can think of an expected end, God can think of a far better one. Do you understand? But our question now is, how then do you get to the expected end? Because it's not like you can stand where you are today and then with all the numerous decisions that you have to take, you can say, okay, when I take this decision, would this decision I'm taking today work out for me in the next five years? Do you understand? You can imagine even when you are, you, are, you, are, you are going to work and you want to take the train and then you have two train options, you don't even know which one will take you faster. Yeah, you don't know whether there will be delays you don't know whether somebody will just cross the, the rail, railway, somebody who is fed up with life and then say, oh, there's something happening. The train cannot go. Have you been in a situation like that before? Then you're in the train, the train says it's not going again. You two, you are very late for work. And you know your supervisor or your, your, your in charge or your, your work people, they will start calling you. Do you understand? See, as, as trivial as something like getting a train is, it can be complicated. Why? Because you don't naturally have the capacity to know how, which one, which one, which train can take me there. Although you can check and Google Map can give you directions, sometimes they can't even tell that there's going to be a traffic situation there because something can happen instantly and you can't figure it out. Think about life in general. How then do you navigate the course of this life? And see that every step I take, every move I take, I make. You know, there's a song like that. And if you've been old for a long time, <laughs> every move I make. All right. So every step you take, every move you make, it leads somewhere. And how would I know that this decision I'm taking, this move I'm making will end me well? Tell yourself or tell somebody there's a way out. Nothing surprises God. Do you get it? Nothing surprises God. You have to understand that God can lead a person's life into victory. From victory unto victory. He can lead your life to perpetual victory. There's a life where you can live, where your life is led by God's spirit. And there's a wisdom to that. Do you understand? If I believe that anybody who means well for himself wants a life that is led, everybody who means well for himself wants a life that will continuously lead unto victory. But as Christians, we have the advantage that we can be led by God's Spirit. Are you with me? So there's a wisdom to getting led by God. Because of your own, you cannot, you cannot. You can't lead yourself into victory. Now, the challenge is that many people, they think they cannot be led. Not that they just don't really want to be led. But some people, they don't even know how. Some people, they just say, I don't know how this thing will work. How can I hear God? How can God actually lead me? How can I also follow the will of God? Or how can I follow the leading of the Spirit? How can I? How can I? First thing is that you must understand that God means well for you, just as I have said. Do you understand? 
and this is what I want to share with you more. To be able to trust or to follow the leading of the Spirit and continuously be led. One, you must trust in God. Are you with me? You must trust in God. Throughout the ages, we have seen God leading people time and time again. So there is a record of God leading people in the course of this life. So for you to have a life that is led by the Spirit of God, you have to trust God. You have to trust God with your decision. You have to come to a place where you can trust God with your life. You have to come to a place where you can trust God regardless of what the circumstances are. You have to come to a place where you can trust God regardless of what the situation is. You have to come to a place where you can trust God regardless of what naturally the situation looks like. Look at what the King Solomon said. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. So it starts with what? Trusting God. He said, trust in the Lord with all your hearts. He said, and lean not on your own understanding. So trusting God with your life is more like being reckless and abandoning your entire life unto God. And saying, Lord, I abandon my life unto you. I trust you. I trust you in the course of this life. I trust you that whatever it is, I can leave my life to you because I know that you will bring me to what? An expected end. Do you understand? So you want to be the greatest person you ever thought of. You want to be the greatest in your career. You want to be the greatest in your family. You want to be the best that you can ever think of. You can trust God for that. Are you following me? You can trust God with your life. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know that in the Bible they said there's a way that cement right unto man, but the end thereof is what? Death. So there could be a way that might seem right to you because your understanding is limited. You can only look at things maybe from a three-dimensional view. You can look at it from the past, the present, and then nearly into the future. But what about God? He understands your life. What actually he has done with your life is that he has com concluded on your life. And then he's now taking you from the beginning and walking you through the journey. You see, Ephesians, I think, chapter 2, verse 10, where it talks about... Um, he said that uh, uh, God, 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 we are his workmanship in Christ, he says... We are his workmanship in Christ, he says. And then he has ordained us to walk in what? Good things. He has ordained us to walk. We are God's masterpiece. For he has created us anew in Christ, Jesus, So we can do the good things he has planned for us, what? Long ago. So we are God's masterpiece. We are his workmanship in Christ. He said he has created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago so there's a plan of god for your life and that plan of god is already set so god knows the end from the beginning and then he starts with you from the beginning but he already knows so he's the best person to guide you through the phases of life is somebody hearing me so god is able to lead you through the phases of life 
So you have to trust him. Imagine a man like Abraham. And then one day he's in his house and God comes to him and says, Abraham, leave your father's house. Leave your kindred and come to a place that I will show you. The irony of it is, if there's a place, show me now. <laughs> but he says, come, follow me. It's a loom and come with me. So Abraham packed his back. Oh, my God, this should probably be the most foolish thing I've ever heard. Abraham, what is that? I, mean, I don't know how he told Sarah. <laughs> imagine you go to you go to your wife. Let's, let's, let's just imagine I'm not married. So I can't say, imagine I go to my wife <laughs> so that she will feel like this is a personal attack. Imagine you go to your wife or your husband and he said, babe, I have something to talk, talk to you about my love. You know, if, if my, my, my honey, my love, I have something to tell you. You know, God has been speaking to me. God has been speaking to me. You know, I, I saw in the realm of the spirit, show kappa, you can shake small. Say, God says we should go somewhere. It's okay, if it's God saying, yeah, that's fine. But where are we going? Him? You know, I don't know. You mean you don't know that God spoke to you, but you don't know where we are going? How? How will we go? Where do we start from? So how am I going to, uh, um, um, how am I going to tell my, my parents or my, my, my in-laws, eh, uh, Sarah, what's the matter? Eh, Dadio, um, <laughs> Dadio, man, <laughs> I've been hanging around with a lot of Nigerians, so. <laughs> Dadio, uh, Ekaro, oh. <laughs> we, are, we are traveling. Okay, that's good. So where are you guys going? And that he, we, we, no idea, we don't know. I, I, what happened to you, my son? Who has been bewitching you? Eh? Are you sure? Say, God spoke to me, God again. But where are you going, said daddy, we don't know. Do you see that? But the Bible said, Abraham believed God. And then he carried not just himself, but his family with him. And then... They are going somewhere with God. He's following God. He said, that's where place that I will show you. But you see, it took a certain level of trust in God for Abraham to follow God to where they were going. Thank God that the Bible showed us the end of the story. It was glorious. Do you understand? So it takes absolute trust in God that you can recklessly abandon yourself unto him and say, God, lead me. Lead me and I'll follow. The other day, Abraham has been waiting. Abraham has been waiting for many years to get a son. Waiting, waiting. After he had followed God. <laughs> he had followed God through all these years. And then now he got a son. Then God said, Abraham, go and sacrifice your son. Well, the Bible didn't tell us whether this was discussed with Sarah. But at least he took the boy. So imagine I just carry Jaira. Jaira, let's go. And then he just followed me like always 
You know, even the boy was smart enough. He said, Daddy, we have the wood. We have the thing for the fire. But where is the land that we are going to sacrifice? He said, God himself shall provide. He said, God shall provide for himself a lamb. So he took an absolute trust in God for Abraham to follow God. For Abraham to follow the instructions that God gave him. Do you understand that? That he was 75 years. If it was in our days, we would have written him off. Things were not working the way he wanted it to be. But God said, follow me. And he followed. Do you understand? So you abandon yourself unto God. He said, Lord, my life is with you. My life is for you. Wherever you lead, I'll go. In this situation, you know, there's, there could be an obvious choice. But then uh, as you follow God, as you engage God in prayer, as the Spirit of God speaks to you, he might give you another way. It will take trust to what? Follow him. So there's a wisdom in being led, and it starts by trusting God. That your life can be kept well in the hands of God. Number two, you have to acknowledge the goodness of God. Are you with me? What did I say? You have to acknowledge the goodness of God. You must believe that God is good. Praise God. You must believe that God is good. And he's not good for all men minus you. He is good to you too. You must come to a place where you now believe that daddy God is good to me. And because he's good to me, he will lead me to the perfect place. Because he's good to me, he will lead me where I need to be. Are you with me? Can I say something? Do you know that God wants to lead you more than you want him to lead you? God is more interested in your well-being. He's more interested in your success. He's more interested in how well you do more than yourself. Because he's good as your father. Hallelujah. God is that good that he wants to see you well. He wants you to do well. He wants things to work out better for you. But you have to come to that place where you acknowledge that God is good. You acknowledge that God is good for me. You acknowledge that the goodness of God is also available for me. So that when he's leading you, you can follow. Because sometimes you, you can come to a point and then God is leading you and you look at a decision and you're like, ah, is this really, is, is, would, would this really work out well? Do you understand? Because naturally we have a way we look at things. You can put one plus one together and say, hey, this is going to be two. So if I do this and then do that, uh, if maybe if I, can, um, if I can get this particular job and then maybe I can move to... Um, give me another city, Southampton. Instead of staying in London, uh, yeah, maybe things should be better for me. Because you know, there um, houses are cheaper, and I can get another bank job here. I can get you, you. You are just doing the calculation your own way, but you don't know what lies ahead. Do you understand? You don't have a full picture of what your life is. You don't have a full picture of what entails in that city. You don't have a full picture of the people that God has aligned in your path for you to meet. The Bible said that when the children of Israel, they left Egypt, there was a very shortcut. There was a very short way that would have taken them a few days for them to get to 
the promised land. But God took them through another route. And said, pay adventure. Pay adventure. They, 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 they meet war. And because of fear, they retreat. Do you understand? So there could be something in the way, in, in one particular direction, that you might not have the capacity to sustain. That you might not have the capacity to face. And because of that, God will route you through a different path. Be, there might be some good things that God might have arrayed in your path that he wants you to meet. So he'll say, go this way. But naturally, you can only see in one direction. You can only see in a limited scope. So naturally, there's how far your mind can take you. There is a limitation how far you can think to. But there is God. There is God who searches all things. The Bible said the Spirit of God, he searched all things, even the deep things of God. So that based on the database available to him, which is unlimited, he can now say that this is the right way. Say so you shall hear a voice saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Do you understand? So you have to come to a place that you believe. That you don't, you don't just believe, but you are aware. You know that God is good. So he has his goodness at heart for you. His goodness is available for you. And so whatever he puts ahead of you is what? Good. So if you want to follow God, if you want to follow the leading of the Spirit, you must come to that place and know that this thing that I'm doing, that I'm believing God to direct me, this place or this thing that God is asking me to do, it is for my own good. Do you know why? Because God is good and his goodness it endures forever. And so that goodness is available also to me. Are you with me? You must, you must acknowledge the goodness of God always in your life. Listen, you might have found yourself in a very tough situation. It looks like there's no way out. But hear me, he says that there's no temptation, there's no trouble that has gone over or overcome a man. He said in the midst of that same trial, in the midst of that same temptation, there's an escape route. Do you understand? So you could have been overwhelmed, but there's a way out. And that way out is with God. And how he'll make it possible for you is because he's a good God. Oh, somebody, somebody say, God is a good God. God is a good God. He's a good father and he's good to me. Praise God. Number three, acknowledge that you can hear God. Are you with me? What did I say? You have to believe that you can hear God. No child of God can say he has never heard God or heard from God. Amen. You have to acknowledge that you can hear God. In fact, you have actually heard God a number of times. Amen. When you became born again, one of the things that happened is that you received the Spirit of God. And so that Spirit of God lives in you. Are you with me? The Spirit of God lives where? In you. So God's Spirit is in you. And if God is going to speak, he's going to speak through his spirit many times. Are you with me? And you must also know that you are 
a sheep of God. You know that's not an insult? And God is your, the good shepherd. God is what? The good shepherd. Look at what John chapter 10 says. John chapter 10, verse 27. Oh, I love this. Is that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Other versions will say, my sheep know my voice. Do you understand? So God is the good shepherd and we are his sheep or we are his uh, flock. He said, my sheep, they know my voice. My sheep, what? They know my voice. So the children of God, God's people, it is a default in us to know the voice of God. Hallelujah. You know, unfortunately, many Christians have trained themselves to think that they hear the devil more than they can hear God. But that's not true. How do you hear the devil more than you hear God? When God is inside you, when the Spirit of God is in the inside of me, He said, my sheep, they know my voice. So you must acknowledge that I know the voice of God. Maybe the challenge could be that you have not recognized and become more familiar with the voice of God so that such that when He speaks, you think it's something else talking to you. There's a lot of Christians, God speaks to them, and say, oh, you know, something was telling me. One day we have to give something an award. <laughs> Amen. You know, they say, something was telling me. Say, ah. Can I say this? You know, many times, the funny thing is that when people, people are always keen to hear God's voice when they want to make very big decisions. Very big decisions. Example, when they want to find a, a, a married Marriage mate or a partner, and then, you know, I've, I've been praying to see God whether he's the one or he's not the one. So, uh, this one is it. This is where the, the final exams is. <laughs> For many people, their final exams is to find out who is the one. That's where they want to hear God more. But they forgot about those times that God was trying to teach them to recognize his voice by just leading them on which side of the road to pass, by just leading them on which train to possibly pass. By just leading them on small, small things. They did not use that tutorials. They didn't make use of that remedial classes. And now Novdek is here. Or Wayek. Main exam is here and they don't know what to do. Are you with me? So he said, my sheep, they what? They know my word. The challenge is that many people have not gotten themselves familiar with the voice of God. And so when God wants to speak to them, or when God speaks to them, they find themselves wanting. Do you understand? You know, in the things of the Spirit, we can get better at it. We get better at it. And it comes by continuous practice. It comes by what? Continuous practice. As you follow the voice of God in small things, it becomes familiar to you. It becomes more stronger in your heart. You, you gain faith and assurance in following the leading of the Spirit. Look at something that happened in the, in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. Samuel, the young prophet, he heard God's voice for the very first time. And he thought it was something else. 1 Samuel chapter 3 from verse 1. Then the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Then and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, 
and his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the Lamb of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and whilst Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. Now follow this carefully. You know, this is what I call the unsolicited voice of God. You didn't ask for anything. You haven't asked God to do anything. You haven't asked him to talk to you, and then he comes to talk to you. Do you understand? And many times it happens to believers. Unsolicited. You never ask for it, and God speaks to you. He said, the voice, God called Samuel, and he answered, here I am. Now, for him to answer, that should tell us that he heard it. Do you understand that? Verse 5. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. You see, God called him. He heard the voice. But what was he thinking? It's something else. For him, he was lucky. He had a master, Eli, sleeping very next to him. So he went to Eli straight away. And he said, did you call me? Do you understand? When God speaks to you, who do you attribute that voice to? Verse 6, Then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. So the second time, he heard God's voice. He thought it was Eli. He went to Eli. Eli said, I didn't. Now look at verse 7 here. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. You see, for him, it was his first time. Other versions said he had not gained, he had not become familiar with the voice of God. So God spoke to him. He actually heard it, but he had not yet ascertained or come to the realization that this is God speaking to me. So verse 8, look at what happens next. So the Lord called a third time, and once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli, being a, a, a pro, a professional, a, being a master, he, he's used to the voice of God. He, then he realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy Samuel. And he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. See that? Samuel clearly heard the voice of God, but because he was not familiar, he attributed the voice to something else. He attributed the voice of God to what? Someone else. Could it be that God has been trying to grab your attention, but you are not picking it because you might not have been used to his voice? And then you might probably say, is something saying to me? My goodness. You know, the beautiful thing about this something is that many times it's very minute things. They're not very risky things. So, oh, something told me to do this. And you never did it. Another day, something again did to, This something must have known something that you don't know. At least, master how something speaks to you. Do you understand? Something said, ah, something said I should have called, oh, and you didn't call the person called you. Okay, that's one, one, one offense. Another day, an another event happens, ah, something told me about this. Do you understand? At least 
master how this something speaks to you. That should tell you that something is very accurate in his dealings. Abby? Many times that's the voice of God coming to God's people. Because it comes like an impression in your heart. It comes like all of a sudden you don't know what the th- where the thoughts came from. You don't know where the message came from, but it, ca- it has just come to you. Why? Because the voice of God comes from within. The Spirit of God lives in you, so he's not going to speak externally. Many times, many Christians are very much, um, they are so much about the spectacular. They want something spectacular to happen. Ah, so maybe a fire should come, a whirlwind should come. Something must happen and then I know that it's God. No, no. Do you understand? And for many people, when they want to hear from God, they just want to, they want to go and dream. Because that's, that's far they have come to. Of course, God speaks sometimes to true dreams, but the thing about dreams is they are very complicated sometimes. They need interpretation. I prefer for God to speak to me whilst I'm awake so that I will hear. I don't need interpretation. Sometimes you probably will see a vision. Do you understand? Maybe one day I'll talk about dreams. Many times when dreams start coming to you, it's because God is trying to get your attention. But because you are being slow to pick the signal, he now puts it in a picture form for you. No, you cannot, you cannot say you didn't see it. What you saw in your dream, you cannot say you didn't see it. You cannot say it's my mind saying because you didn't manufacture that dream. You know, someone goes to say, is that my mind or is that God? Is that my mind or is that God? But in your dream, your mind does not manufacture it. So you have the tendency to what? Believe. That's how many times God uses the avenue of dreams to awaken us to our consciousness and say, okay, this thing that happened. Do you understand? But many times he wants to speak to you expressly. Expressly, whilst you are awake, that he will speak to your heart. He will speak to your spirit, that you get the message within you and know that this is God speaking to me. So you must believe that as a child of God, as a believer in Christ, what happens? You hear the voice of God. The voice of God is not for a select few. It's not for prophets, not for pastors, it's for believers. Are you with me? And it's not for only when you are good. You know, sometimes when people are too religious, they think that God can only speak to you when you are doing well or when you are doing good stuff. When Acts came, how did he hear God? He said, where is your brother? He had just killed a man and God still spoke to him. And what happened? He had God. Do you understand? You must build that consciousness in you as a child of God that God can get you and you can get God at any time when you need it. Is somebody following? So you must have that consciousness that when God speaks, I, when God speaks, he said, my sheep, they know my voice. And you know this is the voice of God. Now, what do you do when you have known this is the voice of God? And that will be my last point. You respond to it by faith. Are you following? You follow the leading of the Spirit by faith. There is no point in God speaking to you and you doing nothing. Is somebody following? There's no point that God spoke to you clearly. You heard it, but you didn't do anything. The Bible said the other day, Peter had an encounter with Jesus. He said, I have told all nights and I have caught nothing. He is a master fisherman. 
He knows that the fish there, you can bait the fish at night. And so the tradition, the principle of fishermen is that they fish at night. So that they can what? Have a massive catch. The guy did the fishing all night. He caught nothing. Now it's daylight. Broad daylight. Jesus comes. And then he says to him. He shows him where to cast his net. Does it make sense? It doesn't. Broad daylight. Everybody who knows fishing knows that he won't catch anything. But he had tried all the while in the night. Nothing came to his efforts were fruitless. But when Jesus gave him the instruction, when God spoke to him, and then he said, at thy word, he cast his net. And the Bible said that he gained a massive catch. Do you understand? So it takes faith to follow the voice or the leading of God. It takes what? Faith to follow the leading of the Spirit of God. The other day, in Genesis chapter 26, the Bible says that there was famine in the land of Gerar. There was famine in the, in the, in the land of Gerar, and everybody was leaving the city and going to Egypt. Everybody was leaving town and going to Egypt. You know, that, like the economic situation is that bad. Everybody was leaving. Then Isaac, being a man of God, being a, 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 a God's person, he wants to leave town as well. And then God says, don't go. Don't go. But the situation is bad. Everybody is leaving town. Do you understand? You know, sometimes everybody is doing one particular thing. All your friends are going in one direction. It looks like the catch is to go that way. It looks like this is the norm. It looks like the way the system is, the way things are going, Charlie, you have to do something about this. We are all going in this direction. How would you stand out? The way to stand out is, is this the way God wants me to go? That everybody went there does not mean that is where my jackpot is. Everybody was leaving town, leaving Gera to Egypt. God said to Isaac, stay here. And the Bible said in that year, that's the year that there was famine, Isaac planted in the year, Genesis chapter 26, verse 13. He said, Isaac planted in, and in that same year, he had a hundredfold, and God blessed him. God blessed him, not just because God wanted to bless him, but because he followed the leading of God. When God said, don't go, he stayed. And then taking action. By following God, he now saw the results. Do you understand? The Bible is so much replete with stories of men and women who have been led by God. And their life became so much glorious. There is a wisdom in being led by the Spirit of God. And I'm going to leave you with this last one. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 12. That your life can move from glory to glory, from victory to victory. It will be continuously amazing as you learn to follow the leading of God's Spirit. Amen. Is that possible? Now look at this one. He said, the Lord alone guided them. They followed no foreign gods. Do you understand? 
He's talking about the children of Israel. That God alone led them. The Lord alone guided them and they followed no foreign gods. Look at what happened to them. He said, he let them ride over the highlands. The, the other version says, he led them to ride on the high places of the earth and feast on the crops of the fields. He nourished them with honey from the rock and olive oil from the stony ground. Figuratively, what does it mean? That as they followed the leading of God, it went well with them. Do you understand? So there's no one that followed God that he didn't do well with them. See, the beginning, it might not be rosy. The beginning, there might be challenges, but hey, at the end, it shall speak. I want to lift up your voice and begin to thank God. Knowing that you have been empowered, knowing that God has you at heart, knowing that you hear the voice of God, knowing that you are able to follow God's leading by faith, knowing that God is a good father, knowing that you can trust God and recklessly abandon your life unto him. And it doesn't matter what the situations of life may look like. All that it takes is to go to God. Even in prayer, when there's no immediate, unsolicited leading coming and say, Lord, what do I do? Lord, which direction should I go? Lord, from where next? What do I go to? Who do I call? Where do I tend to? What decision should I make now? Which one is the right way to go? Who is the right person for me? By the simple action by faith, he's able to lead you. And when he leads you, you will hear. And when you hear his voice because you trust him, you follow him by faith. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, come on, lift up your voice and thank him. And as you are thanking him, you want to pray that, oh, I, I, I abandon myself to you, Lord. I abandon myself to you. I recklessly abandon myself to you because I know that you are a good God. Because I know that with you, my life is secure. Because I know that I can do well with you. Because I know that you lead me to the high places of the earth. Because I know that you lead me to the high places of my life and destiny. My life will not be stranded with you. My life will not be stranded with you. Because you have me at heart. And you shall bring me to an expected end. I can trust you, my God, my Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout a big amen. 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 Somebody say, God can be trusted. God can be trusted. Amen. Have you been blessed?